Yes. So, this is Flipping Tables Podcast, episode 007. I'm David Lyons. I'm Mike Edwards. And I think we didn't talk about this, so I'm just going to surprise you. Um, I think we should do follow-up at the beginning. Okay, what do you have to follow up on? <laughs> um, well, first, I want to tell you why. So, <laughs> here's why I think we should do follow-up at the beginning. Another podcast I listened to made the argument that if you're listening to several episodes in a row, that the follow-up about the previous episode is like a continuation of that content, so it makes sense from like a flow perspective. And every other podcast I listen to does the follow-up at the end as like the, if you listen to last week's, like, wait till the end of this week, and then we'll yeah. talk about it. And But when he said that, I was like, that makes total sense. Plus, maybe it'll get people to want to hear what you talked about in the other episode. Like, yeah, right? Oh. Like, oh, that's interesting. I should stop listening to this episode and go back <laughs> a few episodes. Um, but yeah, so follow-up from, I guess, actually two weeks ago. Because last, last week we talked to Justin about Detective, Detective, Detective. Yeah. Um, but from two, uh, two weeks ago, uh, we had people who complained about all the tech things we missed. So all the the annoying frustration, and there were there were two really good ones that we didn't get to um, unsubscribes from newsletters that aren't effective immediately. So you mean like when it's like in uh, sometime in the next yeah it's in, moon in, cycle yes. we'll figure out how to remove you. Yes, uh, thank you for unsubscribing and your feedback. This unsubscription will take seven to fourteen days. It's like why. Why is it not immediate? What justification is there? Like, I could accept, like, an hour, but don't tell me it's going to take an hour. I just, okay, your servers have to talk to each other, and it takes an hour, but 7 to 14 days? Yeah. I mean, like, do you have to write the unsubscribe data on, like, they have a carrier a pigeon? There's a guy <laughs> that goes through the database directly. The database of it's an punch ex- cards? It's an Excel file. <laughs> it's... it's yeah, and he can't, there's no control F, he has to actually find you, like, he has to put his half-moon reading glasses on and go but down hey, the Hey, he figured out how to sort, so... Oh, thank God. So it's at least alphabetical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's unacceptable. And then the other one is um, something you mentioned to me, hyperlinking white space. Yeah. Which, if if you're trying to imagine what that looks like, it's... When you're looking at, like, a center-justified article, which mo- I think most of the, yeah. the internet is center-justified, and or at least the, the content containers, and then the margins link to crap. and But they don't look like they yeah, do. Yeah, it's just blank, background color, white or gray, or whatever the background is, and then you click on it to give the browser focus, and then suddenly it's like, oh, he said he wants to see this ad. Yeah. This especially sucks to be on... Because by default on Windows, the scroll wheel won't scroll unless the window has focus. It's just a design difference on Mac. If you're hovering over a window, it'll let you scroll it. Right. And I actually have to, to keep my sanity when I'm using Windows. I installed something that replicates <laughs> let you that, do that. Because I hate having to activate a window just to scroll. But Well, and it makes sense that that behavior, the, the white linking, or the hyperlinking white space... I don't know what white linking is. <laughs> That's what it is now. <laughs> the hyperlinking of white space, it makes sense that that would be something that trips up Windows people, right? Because it's still the most... Yeah, because you're trying to activate that window, and you don't want to have to find yeah. the edge of the right. window to yeah. safely click. Like, oh, I, I can click somewhere inside this paragraph. But to me, it's like it's like a, a psychological thing. Like, this, the website doesn't feel safe when you, like, you like, have nowhere to click. Like, if, like, the text is hyperlinked, but doesn't yeah. look like it, like, the whole, like, literally the entire content paragraph just happens to pop something up. Yep. And you're just like, okay, I hate your website. <laughs> I hate you. Never, ever coming back. I, you know, I keep going back and forth on the personal block list. You ever use that? Mm-mm. So, Google, like, actually officially released a personal block list. So that it is a Chrome extension, so that when you search for something on Google, those things will not show up in your search results. So if you just decide this is a scummy website, like, yeah. it's a forum that hides answers. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so you can report stuff to them. You can always say, I found this through your search results and it's crap. Um, but you can also just say, I, 
a hundred percent of their stuff is crap. Like <laughs> for me, it was W three schools. And I'm sorry if there's anybody out there who thinks <laughs> W three schools is awesome, but their content is not. So they're they're like a programming and web design yeah. website, um, and their their stuff is just wildly out of date most of the time. So you'll go there, and they give you an answer that is technically correct. Like, it will accomplish the thing they say it, it does, but it's not best practice, and it's just generally yeah. kind of the... You're just like, I forget about cell padding and borders and style sheets, and you're just yeah. like... Yeah, I don't think this is how people are doing it now. <laughs> what do you mean I should arrange my whole website with a table? Yeah, so it's 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 T R T R T D T D T. Oh God, the bad old days. In, span 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 in span, Notepad span, span. with the little uh, designed by Notepad works best in Internet Explorer badges at the bottom of your designed page. Designed on a Mac. Ugh, yeah, all that. Um, so yeah, that that was our, our follow up. So now we can start the episode proper. All right. I, I, I'm actually very excited about our, our first topic on the rundown, which is, I'll just read it straight up. JRPGs now suck. Western RPGs rule. Yeah, so um, I'm going to forget all these people's names. So Guy A and Guy B uh, were talking at um, a game developer conference. And this, this is, is this a few the months Braid ago. guy and the Fez guy? or Yeah, where they talk... <laughs> someone... A Japanese I I exactly person in the audience. About. Yeah, so I'll uh, I'll link to the video in the rundown. Um, a guy asked a question. A, a Japanese man asked a Jonathan question. Jonathan blows one of these guys. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. A, a Japanese guy asked a question about the Japanese game industry, and the response was basically, "Yeah, you guys used to be awesome, and now you suck." And then laughter, and then the need to justify yeah. what he just said. And then he goes on like this little mini rant about like, no, no, dude, you're cool. It's just you suck. <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell like the guy, you know, they're a very nationalist country. Like they have a lot of national pride, and he he kept his Kinda composure, wil- wilts a little bit. Yeah, he he totally wilts, and you feel bad for him because the comment is douchey but not totally wrong well it's jonathan blow so he's yeah. he's the definition of like he's not wrong yeah, but he <laughs> maybe there's a asshole. more tactful delivery possible yeah so i mean w- well what i if i remember correctly one of my favorite things he brought up were how excessively tutorializing yeah. traditional japanese rpgs especially can be just yeah and i mean we both hand-holding. grew up on zelda and final fantasy and then some of the lesser known ones like uh, Coden and um, uh, what was the tactics one? It was like Final Fantasy Tactics, but it wasn't. Tactics Shining, o- Shining Ogre? Force, yeah, and Tactics Ogre and, and all those like, and they they didn't hold your hand. They did the opposite. They're just like, here's the universe, <laughs> go figure it out. Well, it just sort of emerged over time, but by the PS1 or maybe definitely by the PS2 era. It was kind of just like, all right, the first couple hours are school, whether you need it or not. Yeah. Every, here's the item menu. And even though we had all accepted potions are for restoring hit points, Phoenix Downs bring you back to life if you get knocked out or die, like, even though all those standards had been pretty heavily cemented, it was still like, here's what a potion does. Unless you went to an Enix game pre-merger. Yeah, they they were also pretty aggressive about like here's the universe go figure well, it's it out. Like start trying to type in Dvorak. <laughs> <You're just> like, <laughs> I, I don't know. What I'm doing. Yeah. So and then uh, with American games at, at the time, so I guess in the '90s um, and very early 2000s, it was the opposite, where American games were like here's how to jump, here's how to walk, and I feel like um, non RPG games haven't really switched, like. Assassin's Creed, I think, is an excellent example. Yeah. The first two hours of the game is... Suck. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tutorial. It's crappy. Well, especially every single Assassin's Creed game I've ever played, any time you're not in the past being an assassin, sucks. Yeah. Sucks completely. Sucks ball. <laughs> yeah, and I think, was it Assassin's Creed 2 where they made it seem like, oh, in the 
the next games, you're going to spend a whole lot more time in the modern day. <laughs> and then the audience was like, don't do that. Yeah, well, <laughs> Just the, don't do that. The worst offender to me is the third one, which I think is the consensus is that's a, not a great game. Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm behind. So yeah. I've played some of the offshoot ones, but I'm main series behind. I mean, if, if you generally like the series, I think you'll still find things to enjoy. But it has more of the follow missions where you're just like you're just trailing someone and it's like oh you got more than 10 feet away you you have to be within like that five foot radius like oh you're too close they suddenly spotted you even though you're on a rooftop (laughs) six stories in the air the baby Mario timer starts counting down Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I love Yoshi's Island this is such a good game but that the the crying and the you know what the that panic timer reminds me of is when you're gonna run out of air and the old Sonic, Sonic and the Hedgehog oh, games because that shit was intense it was like the music got really ominous and then the thing is Sonic broke the fourth wall constantly so like right before he dies he looks at you <laughs> yeah. like you did this to me <laughs> just brutal. So anyway, RPGs. Um, so tutorializing, so, or yeah. what, what's a better... Just holding your hand. Hand holding. Yeah. But then if you look at games like uh, the new Fallouts, so Fallout 3 and New Vegas, um, you're... So in New Vegas, you literally... The town you start in, if you go the direction that they kind of expect you to go, you go and you do things and you explore the universe. If you go south, you die instantly because <laughs> the starter town is directly next to an end game quest area yeah. that is full of the most powerful enemies in the game that rip you to shreds. Which makes me think of older JRPGs where it's like you cross too many bridges and there are tough yeah. like Dragon Warrior. You just like go into the wrong cave in Dragon Warrior, which is already one of the grindiest old RPGs possible. <laughs> yeah. It's like you don't have you aren't level seven. You don't have the sleep spell yet. The skeleton's just gonna destroy yeah. you. Yeah, if you go in I mean you can go in here, we're not gonna stop you. Like I'm not the boss of you. Yeah. But you're gonna die. Though I yeah, some of the old ones have the guy at the edge of town that's like, Did you find your sword yet? Yeah. Did you find are, your shield? Are you sure are you sure you wanna go out there unequipped but and Final no Fantasy One doesn't care. It just starts you outside of town, you could just wander and get slaughtered. Yeah. Yep. And so, um, I've been playing Bravely Default, and uh, it's kind of, it's. I think it's probably doing a lot better in Japan than it is here, because it's a bunch of the old Final Fantasy people. So, um, some of the music people, graphics people, story people that did the first, I think, three or four Final Fantasies. Um, And it's a Square Square Enix game and a couple other mobile companies, because it's on the 3DS. And... They went to incredible lengths to capture the feeling of Final Fantasy One and Dragon Warrior, but then give it modern flourishes, like autosaving. <laughs> so, and you can save right before. So, you there's no save. Can points. you save anywhere? No, but every you can um, save in places you couldn't normally save in old games, and autosaving happens where you can't save. Okay. So if you're in a dungeon and you change floors or you change like rooms where it has to load the next screen, it auto saves. So I couldn't open the menu and save, but it just saved. So if you die at the boss, you don't lose ten floors of treasure hunting. Exactly. <laughs> and the so the the save points are the adventurer, just this generic guy who's powerful enough to be everywhere. <laughs> so. Um, and places he absolutely should not just be hanging out selling potions. So when you talk to him, he makes like a little quip. So like if you've been playing for a long time, he says like hard at work, I see. And then when you're about to fight a boss, he always, always says it only gets worse from here on in. Yeah. And it's like if I'm talking to him, Wink. yeah, <laughs> and I'm about to decide whether I want to save or if I just want to continue. It's like, hey, right there, that door you're about to walk through, there's a boss in there, <laughs> so you should probably save. And that's like just little touches like that. And then there's config settings I've never seen in a game before. Like 
you can control the frequency of monster encounters, plus or minus 100%. That's, like, if you want a power so, level... Yeah, I want to grind for a while. Yeah. Okay, or, I'm done. I want to play story. Yeah, I'm done grinding <laughs> now. I really don't want to keep fighting monsters I kill in one round. Yeah. Let, let me turn that down. Um, and you can also up and lower the difficulty at any time, and it doesn't affect rewards. So if you're like, I I have all level 99 characters, I just want to blow through the story, I'm going to turn the difficulty all the way down and the monster frequency all the way down and just like kind of float through with my god, <laughs> god my powers. <laughs> right? You know, and that's the fact that that's, that's nice. just... And, and at any time, in between fights, you can just be like, uh, that was kind of hard, let me turn the difficulty <laughs> down. Um, so the saving, the the config settings, um, and the fast-forward thing. I that, feel like the saving thing is something that's always been like a PC Master Race thing, is like <laughs> annoying when games don't let you save absolutely anywhere. Yeah, which I feel like the argument against saving anywhere is I have played games where I saved myself into a corner. Yeah. And it's like... Well, this is where, like, how many multiple saves do you keep going? Well, see, that's the thing, is in, in a lot of games on uh, mobile platforms, the, the Nintendo DS, <laughs> well, you don't choose where you save. It's like Legend of Zelda style. Like, you start a game, and then your saves go to that file, yeah. period. I feel like Final Fantasy's always been good about letting you pick the slot, but... <laughs> Right, I mean, I can't... I never really played the mobile Final Fantasies, like, on the the Game Boy back in the day. Yeah, I think you can always choose the slot, but... Yeah, Bravely Default does Legend of Zelda style. Like, this is your save slot. (laughs) So, I think that's an argument against letting you save, because... Did you ever play Legend of Karandia? Old PC game? Uh, This this game, this was an old enough game that they re-released it with voice acting. Because it was originally just text on screen. Was Mark Hamill one of the voices? I hope so. Because that would have made my childhood even better. Um, but there, there's this one maze where you have like light-based magic. And if you go into a room that is completely dark, you die instantly. <laughs> so if you go to screens and then save and you're out of magic and now the only two rooms you can go into are both dark, that save file's done. <laughs> like, you, there's no way to yeah. recover. Well, I do that. If I, even just Deus Ex, the original or the newer one, like, I keep, like, three save files going when I play so that <laughs> at any moment there's, like, a couple story beats back I right. can go if I just went down a branch. I was like, you know what? I'm not playing the nice guy. Why do I keep being nice to people? <laughs> what happens if I kill them all or yeah. whatever? Yeah, <laughs> I, I did that a lot with Fallout. Yeah. It's like you you got that feeling like something major is about to happen or someone asks you, like, are you ready to go on? Do you want to kill all the babies? Or it's like a disc two moment in Final Fantasy or something. Exactly. So you, you back up three feet from them, you save it, and then you come back. You save it eight times. Yeah, you come back and you... Do option one, and then you immediately save, and then you reload, and then you do option two, and you save a different file, and now you're like, okay, here's my save all the babies branch, and then here's my kill all the babies branch. Probability. Yeah, I mean, by a game like that, by the end, you end up with like a thousand save files, and it lets you do this weird, like, quantum leap where you jump between realities where you're the angel and the devil. So. It's cool, though. To go back to this tutorial hand-holding thing, um, I feel like aside from annoying veteran gamers that don't need a tutorial, uh, especially when they're not skippable, um, <laughs> the thing that the hand-holding kills for me or just damages is uh, replayability. So when you go yeah. back into these games, you're just like, oh, do I want to go through this just to enjoy the game again? Yeah, because it's like... I already know what the where the jump button is. Please stop telling me. Especially because, like, Assassin's Creed walks a very fine line of pop-ups <laughs> where you can... Not only can you turn them off, but you can just ignore them. So it's like, it's telling... You're running through the city trying to be a badass, jumping on rooftops, and not plummeting to your death. 
and it's telling you like to, you know to hang off a ledge press the r1 button yeah so you can just ignore that if it's a tutorial where it seizes control which is frequent you, yeah <laughs> i mean it's like um i finally just went back and played uh ocarina of time the 3ds re-release uh, a few months ago and Every once in a while, I would be doing something, and it would just capture and go into, like, FMV mode. Just be, like, you know, some terrible animation of a person talking, and they're like, you can go pick a bomb flower to destroy boulders. And it's like, I know, I've been doing it for an hour. (laughs) Why are you telling me this? I feel like it's worse in heavy game system games, which is why RPGs get affected so much, because if I replay Half-Life and it's like, Oh yeah, press C to crouch. Like that's half a second. I'm done. And yeah, it doesn't seize the game. Yeah, it doesn't pause everything. Yeah, it's just the little uh, flyover style. The NPC doesn't break the fourth wall to talk at me about it for an hour. Yeah, you know the uh. only game that I can think of that did that well was Metal Ge- the Metal Gear Solid series. Yeah, where they would actually say like, imagine an X button. And imagine pressing that button. And I mean, you can just tell. Like, we have to tell you the controls because they're complicated. So <laughs> we're gonna have some fun with it. Well, and they—I mean—they could—they could have an in-universe way of like, remember the VR simulator? Yeah. And but they, but they don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like, we're just gonna talk to you, but not talk. Well, in to lots you. of RPG, like I feel like I've seen it countless times where the, the little kid in town is like, press A to dash. I don't even know what pressing A means, and they yeah. just like. Okay, that joke. That that is happen. that's an old game trope now. <laughs> like a few years ago, it was like, oh, that's so clever and funny, and now you're like, ah, I know I'm playing a video game. <laughs> so, um, so what else every- besides handholding? So that's what Jonathan Blow went in on and yeah. on about, and I don't think anyone really disagrees. Like even the the guy who's been heading Zelda since Miyamoto's sort of been hands-off directing. Yeah. Um, he said recently, I think it was before the new Link to the Past sequel came out, he's like, I think people are tired of long ramp-up tutorials. And, yeah. so, and so I think he gets it. He's like, okay, yeah, we need and, to shake this up. And, and the um, A Link Between Worlds is a good example for the other big problem people complain about, which is linearity. Just Metroidvania linearity? or You feel like Metroidvania is linear? It's... Well, it's not a, it's linear. It's gating viability, so it's not exactly linear. But see, okay. So, do you? Th- to me, when I think of linear in a game, I think of Final Fantasy X style. Like, yeah. I can see a Final beautiful Fantasy world. Thirteen style. <laughs> yeah, before the end. <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus! So I feel like you can see a beautiful world, but you can't ever go there. Like, in a game like Fallout or uh, Skyrim, you're like, I'm going to climb that mountain. And then you can. Yeah, pretty much after, on a horse. after the, <laughs> the intro sequence. It's just like, have fun. Yeah, go, Sandbox. there's the world, go <laughs> be in it. So it's like, I don't expect every single door to open into every single building and for every window to have an apartment behind it where stuff is going on. But if you show me a forest and I can't, go walk in between the trees that's it just seems unnecessary yeah so like in uh in Final Fantasy 10 through the modern era everything is scoped to this super narrow corridor and you can see on the minimap in the corner except 12 was pretty good 12 this. yeah 12 was better because it was a single player MMO yeah <laughs> yeah so they made it more like WoW style um or or kind of ever questy um, but you can see on the mini-map, because if you're looking at what the characters are seeing, you're like, wow, the world is big and expansive, and I'll never get to see it all in my short lifetime. And then you look at the mini-map, and you're like, no, it's 30 square feet, and I could run circles around it right now. Yeah. And that's just awkward. Well, and, and that's... Um, it really th- depends on the type of game, because I feel like RPGs naturally lend themselves to sandboxier setups. Right, like it's they're more about fun exploring the world. Whereas a game like Portal, it's it doesn't struggle in its linearity. It's just like to me, Portal is the. So I I remember thinking once, like I wish I could have a Zelda game 
where I don't have to talk to any characters in towns. <laughs> I don't have to get all the milk bottles and gather the chickens just to get to the... I just want the dungeons. I right. love the dungeons. Just all dungeons all and the time. I was, I was just like, wait, Portal is probably the closest thing to that we've ever had of just the puzzles of Zelda well, and I, nothing else. Don't you feel like there's a promise made? Like, when you load up... Uh, an RPG, they're like, there's a big world out there, and you have to save it. So you kind of expect to go see that world you're saving. Whereas in Portal, you're a captive in a prison, so you don't expect to be able to just wander the halls aimlessly and go outside and have a smoke break. So I'm trying to think of, like, popular offenders of that, other than the modern Final Fantasy games, like... Do you think the Breath of Fire games are bad about that? Or uh, I'm way, that's a series <laughs> I essentially haven't looked at since I was a kid. Well, so I'm, I promise I'm not being bought off by Bravely Default, but <laughs> so like this is something that I think is quirky because the world is big, small. So like when you walk up to a store, so you're in town, everything's beautifully cell shaded, and you go up to the front door, the item shop. And you press to enter the door, and you don't go inside. You just get the store menu. Like, it flies over. So there is no interior. So kind of like tactics. Well, they actually show you the interior, but you can't move. Yeah, they, they don't even show you the interior of the store. And then, there, in some of the, the later chapters, you talk to people about this war that's going on, and they're like, millions have died. And it's like, I just came from your town. There's like six guys there. <laughs> Like, was your previous population a million and six, and now all the so other... So they're telling instead of showing. They're absolutely telling instead of showing. So and, I don't mind in the, in the shop example, because unless it's like Final Fantasy IV, where I'm going to find treasures in every shop hidden, right. I yeah, don't want to have walls. to run around and dodge NPCs that are blocking my exit if there's nothing but a shop there. Yeah, and that that's kind of like... They're basically telling you the world is bigger than what we're showing you. We're showing you what's relevant. And it, it's when it first occurred to me, like, holy crap, there are literally towns that are being referred to that I can't go to. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're, they exist in the characters' minds, but they're not on the map. It was kind of a weird realization, but at the same time, I was like, the world feels expansive enough. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, in the, the modern Final Fantasies, I feel like, I, I want to go over there. Like, there's cool stuff right there, yeah. and I can't get to it. I'm just against it, like at a, an invisible Mario wall. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the the point we're getting at is linearity or openness is not right or wrong in a game. It just depends on the context, because I can... Like, you ever play Sonic Adventure? Yeah, back in the day. The non-level portions of that game are awful. Yes. They are pointless. They are there's nothing gained. They're just annoying interruptions into I want to move really fast and have it look awesome. Yep. Well, I mean, anything in a Sonic game that's not I'm moving really fast and it looks awesome yeah. is a huge interruption. And even even some of the I mean, the Mario games are less offenders on that, the 3D ones, but the hub worlds are not terribly interesting. No. I mean, in Mario 64, just because it was the first modern 3D platformer, you just kind of wanted to jump around and yeah. play with everything. Yeah, you were like, in the castle, there so are no enemies. that gets a pass because it was a novelty. Right. Because you're just like, woohoo, woohoo, Well, I feel like, is it um, new, new, new Super Mario <laughs> Wii 2 underscore final final <laughs> that... Um, so it's like a Super Mario 3 style map, but you can run freely. So like yeah. there's an obvious grid, but you can just run and... Th- and they hide coins them. here and there. Yeah, so that's like... It's kind of pointless, but it doesn't get enough in your way that it's a problem. Yeah, I think the best way to explain my problem with that is it makes me intensely aware that I'm playing a video game. <laughs> Which isn't necessarily a problem... But the like Super Mario Galaxy, I think, is probably my favorite in the the 3D series, and you really get immersed. 
like the way you travel from place to place, the the little hub world makes sense. There's things to do there that are relevant. I kind of hate the hub world, though. <laughs> okay, but it's at least as hub worlds go, it's at least pretty well done. Yeah, it's fine, but it's just like I just want to play the next level. I don't want to have to find where the next level is. Okay, but I t- I, that that's fine. But I feel like it's story relevant <laughs> that you have to like keep going back there and things happen. Yeah. Whereas like the map. In new new Wii two seven underscore whatever the hell it is <laughs> Super Mario three D world <laughs> sure like <laughs> that it just feels like you know now pick up your token and move them to the next game world level yeah. it's just it it's very like you're playing a video game <laughs> which is weird because the levels are very immersive and then it's like hey don't forget yeah this is all fake like I do. there's some fear you're gonna forget. I do like the the difference in the style of the 3D gameplay in it, though, because it's, it's basically like the 3DS Mario 3D land, yeah. but if, you, if you're unfamiliar, it's, like, it's not like Mario 64's branch of the tree, where it's like no. the camera is low and following Mario. No, it's, um, what do you call it, I- isometric? Yeah, it's I like, mean... It's almost like a three-quarter top-down... Yeah, and I mean it can be straight out; it doesn't have to be diagonal. But, um, but it's like a little; it's just a farther away camera all the time, and so it right. it, it kind of can mix the two D style platforming with the three D. Yeah, which there were when uh, when I played it last, there were some levels that were very. Um Little Big Planet reminiscent. Yeah. And it's like, hey, you know how you can't see what's behind you? Well, there's stuff back there you need to know about. <laughs> it's like, uh, well, then show me. But then they use it to, like, hide secrets and make puzzles work a certain way. So it's it's mostly a design issue. Like, is this puzzle set up in such a way that it's discoverable how to solve it? Yeah. Or do I just have to smash Mario's face against the wall until I find the clear spot? So, yeah, that's... Uh, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that style. Like, I I kind of... I either want to play Super Mario Galaxy, where it's designed to be three-dimensional, yeah. or I want to play Super Mario World on the Super Nintendo that was designed to be a 2D platformer. So, lest we uh, just bash Japanese developers <laughs> to death, what are tutorials that get it right? Japanese tutorials that get it right? Or, I mean, I guess just game tutorials that get it right. But, it, I mean, I'm reading in the notes. You have yeah. an example here. Um, I do? In the notes? The Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, my, yeah. Sorry. I made a note to myself while we've been talking, which is why I forgot that it's in there. Because I wrote it down and then it was out of my brain forever. <laughs> so, um, there's a, a show that only had two episodes called Sequelitis on YouTube. Um, that I'll link to because it's like one of my favorite YouTube videos ever. Um, and just fair warning, it is full of foul language. So if that kind of thing offends you, don't go watch this video. But it's really, really in depth um, about how Mega Man X is the greatest sequel to a game like ever. And one of the things that he goes on and on about is how in the very first level of the game, which was different in Mega Man X, because Mega Man and Sonic were, like, my big games as a kid. So I played all the Mega Man games, I played all the Sonic games when I was, uh, you know, before we had 55 consoles to choose from. And uh, in all the Mega Man games, you immediately got dumped onto the level select screen, right? Turn the game on, level select screen, eight bosses, very traditional. Which was a very, it was actually a pretty big novelty when the first Mega Man came out. Yeah, because people were used to Mario, which was or Sonic, which was totally linear. You'd start on level 1-1, one, 1-2, one, one, then 1-3, yeah. and in Sonic they were Axe, but it was still linear. <laughs> so in, uh, in Mega Man X, there's an intro level before you get to the hub where you can choose the eight boss monsters that were animals for some reason. And in that intro level, they teach you everything about how to play the game entirely through gameplay. At no point does it say press X to jump, press B to shoot, you know, press just right like, to here's, right. Here's an enemy too high for you to hit, so you're just gonna think I gotta jump. Exactly. Yeah, I can't, he's flying, I can't point my gun up, so I gotta jump and shoot at the same time. But, 
I was taught how to jump, then I was taught how to shoot, now I need to marry those <laughs> yeah. things and do them together. And it's just, even, especially because the Mega Man X introduced, like, the dashing and the wall jumping, you get taught how to do everything. In, like, a safe way. way. It's like the the road collapsed and you fell and slid against the side. And then you're like, oh, Oh, I can slide against the side. Now I'm trapped in this pit. And there's no way out unless you learn how to jump up the side. Yeah, otherwise that would be where the game just ends for you. But the game doesn't fly in Navi the fairy to come and talk you through it. No Navi and no roll. (laughs) And I've played some of the later Mega Man games and roll pops up. Roll, okay. the, the numbered Mega yeah. Man, the non-X yes. series. So for our our fans who are not familiar, the reason Mega Man's sister is called Roll is because in Japan he is Rock Man, so they are Rock and Roll. Yeah. Um, ha, 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 and ha, there's ha. bass in trouble. Yep. And there's Wait, he, He's like weird. He pops up sometimes, but like most, of, <laughs> I feel like most American players don't necessarily know who he is because he was in the arcade fighter. He's in the Capcom versus Well, he's in all uh, the Game Marvel. Boy Advance ones. Oh, is he? <laughs> yeah, there's okay. a couple of those. Yeah, and I think, was he in any of the, the RPG-style ones? The I never played the Battle Networks. Battle Networks? They were okay. I mean, they're, they were Pokemon without collecting Pokemon. Um, but yeah, so, so the, Mega Man gets it right. The, it totally gets it right. It Well, Mega Man X. Yeah. <laughs> the later ones were kind of clunky. Um, but yeah, Mega Man X absolutely gets it right. Um, and I feel like... Again, I swear to God, I'm not being bought off by Square Enix, but <laughs> in Bravely Default, it gets it right if and only if you really like traditional JRPGs. Because there is a lot, a lot of dialogue. <laughs> well, no, but not in a tutorial-y kind of way, because there's actually skippable dialogue, so that's cool. You can always skip it. You can always say, like, so, you screw off, I don't want to hear this. Um but you'll do like a big story thing and then in the corner of the screen it says uh, party chat and you can press Y and actually the characters will talk to each other like they would really be doing Yeah. like oh that thing we just did sure was a big deal that thing just blew up we're probably going to say something about yeah the, and you can like listen in on their conversation or you can just ignore it if you're on you know your subsequent playthroughs so I feel like if you like the JRPG, the old-fashioned JRPG format, Bravely Default gets the tutorial right. Um, I feel like all of the new Sonic games get it brutally wrong. <laughs> I mean, run and jump. Like, I should not need any tutorial. Yeah. In fact, most Sonic games, there's, like, all the buttons jump. It's just yeah. kind of like, you can't go wrong unless you're trying to press the D-pad to jump. Do you remember... Um, did you have a Genesis when you were a kid? Yes. Okay, do you remember how there was the, like, special Genesis controller that had six buttons instead yeah. of three? Basically for Street Fighter. Basic, yeah. But all six buttons in the old Sonic game <laughs> still made you jump, which meant the whole right side of the controller, you could just mash with your palm. you just Colbert calculator it. Yeah, just... <laughs> my character's jumping, and it doesn't matter what I push. And, like, that's... I mean, I know in the later games they added the dash attack and the spin dash where you had to hold down. Well, spin down. dash was just down and yeah, down press and a jump. button. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that was... I mean, that that's like Apple levels of simplicity. <laughs> the original Sonic games had the click wheel of controls. <laughs> so that... I feel like that's that's better than a tutorial. That's The controls are so intuitive. Even, you know, grandma and grandpa can pick up the controller and work it out. No one has to explain it to them. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just, I feel so like... don't even have a tutorial. Yeah, just make the controls discoverable. Whenever, yeah. I mean, in an RPG, I feel like they have to explain how the universe works. Yeah. But stop telling me that the top button opens the menu. So my, my other favored way of doing tutorials, I feel like Nintendo is good at this kind, usually... Like, they have their navvies, but they also have some of the great gameplay teaching format of, like, you're going to need this to kill Bowser later. Yeah, and so we're so going to show you in a safe... In this level, so the example I'm thinking of in the new Super Mario Final 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 2014 <laughs> 3D World, um, the first Bowser boss, 
he's in a car, which is funny and weird. But that was weird. But earlier yeah, in the level, it's like a purple convertible. Yeah. So <laughs> right at the beginning of the level, you've got a narrow path, and you're running forward. And there's these soccer balls rolling towards you. Ah, yes. And you just naturally kind of bump into one. Right. And it kicks it and it blows up. And you're, you're like, like, oh, soccer oh. ball. Oh, okay. And it like goes straight into brick walls that blow up and reveal stuff. So right. now you're like, oh, there's going to be a secret where I do that on purpose. Yep. And then once you get to Bowser, he's throwing bomb soccer balls at you. And yeah, that you kick at him. And it eventually destroys but his the car. The game doesn't freeze, swing in a lack of two yeah. to give you a message about some things you can kick. It's just like, no, throw them on a tightrope where they just end up running into one of these. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and I mean, I feel like that's. That's like fundamental to the idea of play. Yeah. Like, if it's not discoverable and it's not intuitive i'm not playing i'm just following instructions yeah so if if the lack of you know if the soccer ball was rolling toward you and then it freezes and lack comes down and he's like hey mario did you know that some soccer balls are filled with c4 and if you kick them into brick walls it reveals secrets it's like well now i don't want to play this game so i wonder if there's any so i was just reminded the other day of the video you posted where it was kind of debunking the idea that people are sick of the lack of innovation in games because it's like you keep buying yeah. Call of Duty, you will not stop buying sequels. So shut up, you yeah, don't actually was, want innovation. That was um, uh, Matt Pat. But, is that guy's name? It's yeah, because he he basically it's like a fifteen minute video, but it can be easily summed up by if you look at the sales figures, innovation gets punished. And rehashing the same old crap gets rewarded. Which is the same in movies, too. Yeah. People are throwing money like at Michael stuff. Bay. They're just like, you yeah. made Transformers 15. We, I thought we hated Shia LaBeouf, but no. <laughs> Here's $70 billion for the same crap. Yeah. And I, th- I feel like um, before people started talking about this with uh, movies and video games so much, I feel like pop music was yeah. the thing. Because people would say oh, this sounds exactly like that other song, or, oh, this band is just a rip-off of that other band. And it's like, yeah, that's why they're doing it. Oh, uh, it still happens. <laughs> yeah, it, it totally, and it always will. We will never get to a point where everyone is a bohemian, because, for one thing, there's too many of us. We can't all well, have unique you tastes. You don't have culture, then. You just yeah. have a bunch of hermits. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right? So then, we need pop music, general appeal games, general appeal movies, general crappy appeal books, sitcoms. crappy sitcoms, because those are the things that have broad appeal. The reason they're successful is because a large... Big Bang Theory. I'm going to just throw my headphones down and walk out. So I was bringing that up because I wonder if that's actually kind of true about tutorials on games. I wonder... If games that don't teach people how to play them in the most obnoxious way just have tons of players going, I don't know what the hell's going on. And like yeah. as veterans we're like, No, it's so annoying, but like But we'll deal. How many times have we actually needed that? Well but so think about it from the reverse way. Have you ever stopped playing a game because it had a tutorial? Like, have you ever been like, this tutorial is so annoying, I'm not going to play? Maybe some JRPGs that are just <laughs> so JRPGist of JRPGs <laughs> that you're like, you know what, I think I know everything I would get out of this game, and I think I can pass on it. <laughs> I've seen all I need to see. See, I, I, can't, I can't even think of a, an, a genre where the tutorial would be so heinous that I would actually stop. I've played games that were so terrible that I stopped. But never because of the tutorial. But does it wear you down eventually, like in my JRPG example? Like, Assassin's Creed 17. It ruins my enjoyment. Yeah. I think it kills New Game Plus. Especially if you can't skip. Yeah. Like, if it's so integrated... Why does every game not have that? (laughs) Yeah, after I beat the game with all my upgrades, let me go through it like a god. Yeah. It's crushing everyone. I mean, that, that feels like a feature that could be added to a game in... A Especially if the game is so The Last of Us does this really well. 
So as you go throughout the game, you're finding these random plants that let you upgrade yourself. All right. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if there's really much of an explanation, are, but are basically, these like the healing herbs. There is some evil? genetic thing that lets you whatever. Ah. Your aim is steadier. Your melee attacks are stronger. Whatever. All They're that drugs. stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but in one playthrough, you can't. There's not enough to fully upgrade your character. Oh. That plus new game plus means I played that game three times. Oh, so they basically designed the upgrade system to, oh, if you want godlike powers, you have to play through. Yeah, which is actually awesome in that game because yeah. it's... Ve- the. So I'm, I'm a fan of Naughty Dog games. I like the Uncharted games, but one thing I've always hated about those games is the combat. Yeah. Because it's just a cover shooter. Yeah. And shoehorned into Tomb Raider. Like, I like the story. I like the humor. I like the puzzles and the climbing, and that stuff's fun. But every time you go to the waist high boxes room, Ugh. you're like, I'm going to have like 10 minutes of shooting guys. And you can tell, too. Because yeah. I, I only played the first one, I think, all the way through. But you can, you just walk to an open field, and it's like, well, I'm in the jungle, and there are some conspicuously rectangular rocks <laughs> yeah. spaced evenly throughout this suspiciously open area. So, so just like, oh shit! It's Last coming. of Us totally gets it. Like the combat is fun; it's not obvious every other second. I mean, there's always some moments where, like, yeah. you go to the end of a long path and find a story item, and you're gonna have to leave, and you're right. like, okay, they're gonna yeah. fight me now. But is it um, is it like viral zombies? It varies between humans and zombies. But, I mean, the the story is, like, we cured cancer and now everyone's a zombie, something like that. Well, it's it's more like Walking Dead. Like, something happened and suddenly we're in a (laughs) post-apocalyptic world. (laughs) Suddenly zombies. And, yeah. But the story's great, but for once, the combat's great. And it's tied to a great upgrade system. And was that is that PS4 only or was it PS3? PS3 only. Mm. <laughs> I have to add this to my short list. <laughs> no, it's it's totally worth playing. It's my favorite Naughty Dog game. Ooh, and that's high praise. It's super replayable because of New Game Plus and the upgrade system. Are you counting Crash Bandicoot? Yes. Okay. I like it better than Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> Just saying, <laughs> the game got a lot of tens. Who would have but, Poor Crash. Anyway, I don't know where that fits in the whole tutorial thing, but... Well, I mean, it sounds like... the Are they constantly telling you, like, press R1 to fire? It's it's more, it's more a modern game, so it's, all of it's contextual. When you go to a ladder, it'll just hover the icon you need. Oh. So it doesn't... Oh, we didn't even talk about those. Those are great. Yeah, because then you can't forget, but it's also not... It's you can ignore it once you've memorized the controls, but you can never forget. You can't yeah. ever forget how to climb a ladder. Yeah. What um, do you, what the do other you thing that them? game totally gets right is the story is an escort mission, but the gameplay is not. Not an escort mission. So Yeah, because it's your daughter, right? No. Friend? Random kid? Whatever, don't ruin it for me. Okay. okay? It's, <laughs> it's not your daughter. I thought it, they always make it seem like it's your daughter in the... That's, I mean, the relationship between right. them is yeah, like cause that. Yeah, because he's but, that age for to be her father. Um, so, okay, I so, feel like this whole time I've been calling the Assassin's Creed style box or the Grand Theft Auto style box a popover, but really what you just talked about is more like a popover. context. Yeah, the context popover. Which I feel like, maybe there's an earlier example, but Zelda 64 got it early on. Yeah. Because the A button does everything. Everything. But it pops up and tells you what it's going to do, depending on where you are. Yeah. Yeah, see, that, I prefer that even to the Grand Theft Auto Assassin's Creed style box in the corner. Yeah. Because then it's, it's somehow in your face, but ignorable. Maybe because it's just a button and not a paragraph. Well, I also like the... Uh, have you played the Arkham Asylum games? That's tiny bit. Okay, well, they're good about, like, the combat. I mean, it'll tell you early on, press X to punch, and you don't really forget that. But the... <laughs> that one gets cemented. The counter system is really important in that game. Right, because so, Batman's just a guy, so they try and so not the, make him superhuman. The tutorial is the first moment a guy tries to hit you, 
it slows down and just has a Y hovering over him. Uh, so you press that, or whatever, triangle, whatever system yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> we're platform agnostic here. So Except we're not. That does it right. But so it, but then the next guy you fight, it doesn't go into bullet time. No, but he has, like, a, the... the I guess this applies more to Xbox because they color the buttons better, but like Thanks. it'll oh, because the color is more obvious. But it has like a lightning bolt color symbol over a guy that's about to hit you, ah. and so you're just like, why? Okay. okay, yeah, that's um. I recently played through with a 360 controller on my that, PC. That so. feels God of Warry. Yeah, but not. But it's not a quick a time, quick time event. event. But God of War really, it was like. The, the giant titan is, like, punching you, and then it slows down for just a second. Yeah. Which is very cinematic. Which, you, actually, that does happen in the Batman games for bosses, like, finishing mm. a boss. It kind of does that a little bit. Yeah, I feel like quick time events are an attempt at solving tutorials. Do we get to blame Shenmue for this? <laughs> yes, we do. Because, I mean, that is there a more prominent early example of it? <laughs> Because I feel like quick time events are the game designers were like, we have this amazing 3D rendering technology and we can make it look so spectacular, but the button combinations it would take for the player to do this are so complicated, no one will do it. Yeah. So they kind of went over to the dark side and they were like, press X to win. And, you know, <laughs> if you press X at the right time, which then makes gamers feel awesome because they're it like. Does. Yeah, then your character does something amazing, and you're like, I did that. It's like <laughs> I made this. <laughs> <laughs> I made this. No, it's like, you didn't make this. You pressed X, and then an FMV played. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. It just happened to be rendered in real time. <laughs> yeah, so you just got a Metal Gear Solid-style FMV <laughs> when you pressed X. So Press the, X to Jason. The other thing Last of Us gets right is a design decision, which is... So during the zombie portions, there's a lot of stealth. I guess during the human portions too. Um, also, there's, have a, to avoid there's a lot of stealth, but they you've also got an, an NPC with you, right? And that could easily be the worst thing ever. Yep, especially if the zombies and and other humans respond to noise. Yeah, and footsteps so and things. The, the game decision that sort of it's sort of a slight immersion killer, but aside from that negative. Um, totally makes the gameplay so much better that's totally worth it is they don't see her at uh, all ever okay so if she walks around a corner haphazardly and there's a bunch of zombies there they don't respond to her they just yeah she is invisible and silent and only your actions matter and that makes the yeah. gameplay so much better yeah because it's you, not an escort mission now yeah because you can't whisper to her get back here. <laughs> Stop and, walking over there. And as good as they try, like, she tries to hide with you if she notices you're hiding behind something. Like, it's pretty good about that, but pretty often she's just in plain sight of something else. I agree with you that that's brilliant, but I have just thought of something that seems really, uh, like, Peter, was it Peter Molido? I don't know how you say it in French. The populist dude? Yeah. Who, like he has the fake Twitter Black account white, about whatever. making like super artsy games that yeah. are like it's a fake account, but some of his ideas are kind of <laughs> funny. So you just made me think with the joke I made. If you had like a small microphone on your controller, or if you were playing with like an Xbox One that has a mic or, or something like that, can you imagine an escort mission if you could give simple commands to the person you were escorting? So like instead of like, I'm trying to fight this guy off, and then I have to stop fighting him to press R2 to make the person I'm escorting stop jumping off a building. Yeah. If I could just say into the controller, like, stay still, and that will make them stop. I feel like, well, at least some of the, like, Clancy games have let you do that with your squad, but I don't know if a yeah. traditional escort game has done it. Okay, so I don't have any experience with those kind of games. I think I played the original Call of Duty. I think it's still kind of like handwriting on the Newton when you do it, because you're just like... <laughs> that you're bad. like, take cover. No, take cover, not take fire. Like, <laughs> no, don't, don't shoot yourself in the face. <laughs> okay, so... Eat right. up Martha. Right, so, I think the idea is sound in principle for an escort mission, where you have like a handful of simple commands... 
that are very distinctly different. Like, come here, stay where you are, you know, shoot that guy in the face. Like, Rainbow Six games have a lot of that. Yeah, so I think... Okay, so they need... I mean, those games are popular, so that sounds like they'll probably either get that technology right or they'll abandon it. Well, I could even, like, the connect if it could be, like... Yeah, give gestures, like, <laughs> go that way, and I'm gesturing. Yeah, I realize no one can see this. <laughs> no one can see my hand flailing. Um, but, yeah, so I feel like in an escort mission, like, think back to... Um, is it Eco? <laughs> I-C-O. Yeah. I-C-O. Eco. Yeah, the giant game of an escort mission. Yeah, just imagine if you could walk 10 feet and stand on the switch and then say to the girl you were escorting, hey, go stand on that other switch. Like, instead of having to walk her to it and then slowly back away from her and pray to God she doesn't follow you across the room. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, that would be... I think that'd be, that would add back to the immersion. Yeah. Although, what you're describing, where they just don't see her, that's worth giving up it, that immersion, I yeah, think. Yeah, and it's not a big deal. It, no. it makes the game so much better. It's totally worth it. So, I think we're coming up on an hour. Um, we had a whole thing in the rundown about wearable tech, but this turned into an all-video game show. <laughs> yeah. And I'm totally okay with that. Because now I have to borrow The Last of Us from you so I can play it. Um, I bought it digitally. Now I have to borrow your entire PS3. (laughs) Um, So I think next week... You actually can because I don't use it. Yes. Um, Next week, I guess, maybe wearable tech, unless we change our minds. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have a schedule. We just do what we want. I I feel like we can mention Michael Bay because we don't need a lot of time. Oh, yeah. Uh, the new Turtles looks terrible. Yep. And <laughs> is, I want to post the comparison gif of the Goombas from the Mario movie from the 90s. Oh, yeah. they um, And that one picture they used where he's got the full open mouth Joker smile. <laughs> I like, actually love that Goomba. <laughs> it's horrifying. Yeah. Like, the reason that movie didn't sell well is because all the children in the theaters were crying nonstop, and their parents had to rush them out. I don't know. That scene where... Have you ever seen the movie, actually? Yeah, when I was 10. <laughs> well, do you remember the scene in the elevator when Luigi gets them all dancing? Nope. Okay. Well, he ends up in an elevator behind a whole bunch of Goombas, and they don't know he's there. And they're so stupid that he just starts making them sway to the elevator music. I'm thinking there has to be a YouTube clip of that, right? Probably. Okay, so that we, I'll try and find that, or we'll try and find that and put it in the Anyway, show I think that terrible Mario movie has aged like fine wine in that it's very enjoyably bad. <laughs> it's that, I guess, shot in front. Or what, what was the new word? Oh, you were the one who pronounced it correctly. Shunganus or something? Yeah. I think that was it. Sure. Anyway, <laughs> very enjoyable bad movie. Yeah. So, but is it, it's very enjoyable. Bad movie. Twenty years later, I think it was enjoyably bad at the time. I mean, I don't know. As a kid, it was pretty disappointing. Do, do we need? <laughs> okay, so now, German American listeners, we need a whole new word for something that's enjoyable and terrible, but only in hindsight. <laughs> so, so like when your hopes are dashed, you don't appreciate it. But then a decade later, you're like, no, this is pretty funny. <laughs> So, get to work, linguists. <laughs> so, Mike, where can people find the show notes for all the hilarious videos we'll be uh, posting for this episode? You can find that stuff at flippingtablespodcast.com slash 007. No, no index joke? No. Yay! <laughs> I, I just, didn't do it at the beginning. There was the pregnant pause there and everything. And you can find my stuff online at pseudomichael.com. And uh, I also want to give a shout-out that, well, this is a pre-announcement, that I'm also going to be trying to do some podcasts with my brother. Um, we're reviving our old podcast, the Pseudobook Podcast. The Pseudobook. But so we, we so don't. you're Pseudo Michael and the Pseudobook Podcast, and your brother is? Pseudo Justin catching on here yep and uh we don't have a url yet for that but but that's that's so, coming so this is pre-alpha and yep okay so um pseudo michael and on twitter m edwards music <laughs> um and people can find me lions in beta pretty much everywhere dot com on twitter and david lions on google plus and uh 
Yeah, so flippingtablespodcast.com slash 007 for the show notes. And I swear we'll have our own music soon. <laughs> Can you ha- next episode? Will you do it in the first 10? <laughs> first 10, okay. yes. First, so on the 10th episode? 009? <laughs> no. Damn it. No. When, when we release episode 10, it has to have our own music. Okay. Can you commit? Yes. Okay. Good. I, that's what I want to end on, a committal. Okay. We'll see you next week. Flippingtablespodcast.com slash 007. Leave comments, ask questions. Do all of those things. All right. Thanks. Later. Later.